What is up everybody, this is the LV Podcast, and today I want to start a series. I don't know how far I'll get through on this, but uh, I want to start a series on uh, rightly dividing. Now, this is something that I've just recently learned, and part of the reason that I want to teach it is because whenever you teach something, um, I feel like it sinks in deeper when you have to teach it versus when you're just learning it. And so today, that's what I want to go over. Uh, Rightly dividing uh, is very important to know, and the reason for it is because rightly dividing is going to teach you how you need to study the Bible, how you need to study God's Word. It teaches you how to apply things that are supposed to apply to you and how to make sure that you're not applying things that don't apply to you. Uh, There's an old saying that holds true, which says that all of the Bible was written for you, but not all of the Bible was written to you. And so that's just a simple truth of the matter. And so with that being said, that's a very simple introductory uh, to why I am going to be teaching this lesson. That is a very uh, simple explanation as to why I'm going to be teaching it as well. So without uh, further ado, we're going to go ahead and jump into this. Um, If you have your Bible, you can open it up, but if not, then you can just listen. You know, I think I've said that several times doing these episodes. It's it's whatever you want to do. But our first verse for this is going to be 2 Timothy chapter 2 in verse number 15 the bible says study to show this study to show thyself approved unto god a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth and so in this bible that you read in the bible that we have today you have three groups of people in which this bible was written to And so where people tend to get in trouble and tripped up in their doctrine and also uh, where even an atheist can look at the Bible and read it and can see that there are what they would see as contradictions in the Bible. And, you know, even Christians, if you're being honest with yourself, you've come across verses that contradicted each other and you know the difficulty of trying to rationalize that or why that's even the case it uh, trips Christians up and it also you know prevents some atheists from becoming Christian because they they see a contradiction and they can't reconcile that or, or see why that's the case um, so 1 Corinthians 10 verse 32 this is going to be the three groups of people that this book is written to 1 Corinthians 10 verse 32 the Bible says give none offense neither to the Jews nor to the Gentiles nor to the church of God so those are your three groups of people that this Bible was written to let's see Jews Gentiles and the church of God obviously uh, Jews are anybody 
that's Jewish. I mean, that's just kind of obvious. Well, Gentiles are anybody that is not uh, Jewish. So most likely that would be you and I. You know, um, if you're not Jewish, then you're a Gentile. Um, the other group listed there is to the Church of God. The Church of God contains anybody, Jew or Gentile, who has accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Um, because the Bible says there is neither male nor female in in Christ. You know, so we're just part of the Church of God when we've accepted Christ as our Savior. Uh, but if you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior, you're either a part of the you're either a G, part of the Jewish family or you're part of the Gentile family. Um, or if you're saved, no matter which category of those you were in before, you are now in the body of Christ. And so those are the three groups of people uh, that this Bible is written to. Um, that's just a basic foundation for uh, rightly dividing. Um, but now I'm going to jump into the importance of rightly dividing and why it's important to do so because you can get caught up in believing a lot of things uh, in this Bible that are just... Let me preface by saying everything... The Bible uh, is perfect. I believe that the King James Bible is the perfect Word of God. There are no mistakes in it. Uh, so let me just say that first. But what I can also say is that you can trip yourself up in, in believing many things that are just not true, and, and you can end up twisting God's Word into something that's not accurate and applying it to yourself. And that's what uh, many Christians do. They read through the Bible and they just apply everything to themselves. You know, some people read the Bible and they read about the blessings of Abraham and they try to apply that to them, you know, and, and that messes with people's faith because then they feel like if they're not healthy, if they're not doing well, well then that must mean I'm not saved because if I was truly saved, then I'd be pros prosperous in my life. I'd, I'd have prosperity. I'd be... I'd be well, I wouldn't be sick all the time, I wouldn't, you know, have all these trials and errors in my life, you know, if I was truly saved, then I would be on top of the mountain, and so that's the dangers of, of applying things that don't apply to you, you know, um, there's practical learning you can get out of all of the Bible, you know, no matter where you read in the Bible, you can get a practical, you can get practical education out of it. But the problem comes in as, see, there's three different ways to interpret the Bible. You can apply, or, or to apply the God's Word, the Bible, God's Word, however, however you want to say that. You can apply it practically. You can apply it historically. And you can apply it doctrinally. Now, practical applications, like I said, you can get from anywhere in the Bible. Um, I don't think people have much a problem with historic application because that's that's just what it is. It's it's history. Um, but where people get tripped up is the doctrinal applications, you know. And so we're gonna dive into this and we're going to take our time and we're just gonna figure out 
what this means and how to study God's word, how to apply God's word, and how to understand God's word. Because this is going to help you in growing in your relationship with Christ and understanding where you are and where you lie and where your placement is uh, in God's word. But we're going to compare three different scriptures, and this is going to show you why it's important to rightly divide. Because these three different scriptures that I'm about to show you deal with salvation. Okay? And these are all found in the New Testament. These are going to be three different passages that talk about salvation, and each one of them says something different. Each one of them are true. Each one of them are factual, and I'm not even going to argue that they don't mean what they say, because they do mean what they say. That's not the problem. The problem comes in when we take scripture that is true, and we apply it to ourselves when it doesn't apply to us. Okay, so the first verse that I'm going to show you is Matthew chapter 19. Uh, look at verse number 16. The Bible says, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And verse 17 says, And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life keep the commandments now for us believers today we believe that we are saved by grace you know the bible says in ephesians 2 8 and 9 the bible says for by grace are ye saved through faith that not of yourselves it is a gift of god lest any man should boast you know and so we don't believe that we have to do good things or or keep any commandments in order to be saved and that's uh that is a direct contradiction to what jesus is saying in this passage jesus says jesus says if thou wilt enter into life keep the commandments well why is he saying this you know it just it doesn't make any sense it does not add up with what we believe today now, the reason Jesus is saying this is because he had not died on the cross yet. Which means these people during this time were still under the Mosaic Law. You know, when the leper comes up to Jesus and he gets healed, and Jesus said, Go show yourself, tell no one, and go show yourself to the priest. You know, why is he saying that? Because during this time, they're still under the Mosaic Law. They're not, these people are not under grace yet. They're not under the church age. They're still under, you know, the Bible talks about Jesus was born and born and raised under the law to redeem those who were under the law. So during Jesus' time, he was still under the law. And so that's why that is, and that's why Jesus 
says that. Um, look at another verse with me in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse number 38. Now this is the verse that the church of Christ is going to take you to. This is the verse that, this is probably the number one verse that the church of Christ will take you to in order to prove that in order to be saved, you have to be baptized. I didn't say this is the only verse that, I, that they use. I'm not saying that this is the only uh, part of, in scripture that they, they use to, to, to show this. Excuse me. But what I am saying is that this is the main scripture that these people, uh, or that those people use. And the Bible says, and we'll start in verse number 37, the Bible says, Now when they had, sorry, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and said unto Peter, and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Now, I want to also emphasize there that I want you to notice the end of that sentence. It says, what shall we do? He does not say, what shall we do uh, to be saved? And the reason that I point that out is because you'll hear a lot of people quote that scripture in that way to say, men and brethren, what shall we do to be saved? And that's not what it says. It just says, men and brethren, men and brethren what shall we do? Um, in verse 38, the Bible says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And see, this is where you get two different uh, doctrines that are false when people try to use this scripture to apply to themselves today. You have to understand when you're reading throughout the book of Acts, God is working through a transitional period. He's transitioning from Jews to Gentiles. And so, this is a transitional book. And so, when you take a transitional book, and you try to take that and apply it to yourself, you can get in a lot of dangerous things. And so, one doctrine that is preached out of this is that for you to be saved you have to be baptized another false doctrine that is taught is that you don't receive the Holy Spirit until you get baptized and another thing that they try to throw on top of that to prove that you don't receive the Holy Spirit until you get baptized is they use the story of Jesus Christ and how when John baptized him, he saw the, uh, the heavens opened up and the spirit came down like a dove. And, they, and, and I say they, I just mean anybody that teaches that or teaches this belief. They teach that you do not receive the Holy Spirit until which time you have got baptized. So they might teach that you confess Jesus as Lord and then you get baptized, and then you receive the Holy Spirit. But that's not what we believe today. Because if you look in 
book of Ephesians. It might take me a second to get there. I'm going to prove to you that that is not true. If I can just find the book of Ephesians. Okay, there we go. In the book of Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to show you that that belief is not true. And the Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 13, the Bible says, In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. And you received the Holy Spirit today. You received the Holy Spirit the moment you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Remember, today salvation is a moment in time. It is not a process. You are not working in order to be saved. You are not doing good things in order to be saved. You are not being saved on a daily basis. The moment you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And so that completely disproves this teaching that you received the Holy Spirit at a separate time from which you have accepted Jesus Christ. Because my Bible says that I received the Holy Spirit the moment that I believed. And so, like I said, when you're reading through the book of Acts, you're reading through a transitional period. And so it's important to understand that uh, before which time you take anything out of the book of Acts and try to apply it to yourselves. Now, speaking of Acts, there is a third verse that deals with salvation. Um, and this is the one, well, I'm just going to read it first. In Acts chapter 16, verse number 31, or I'll start in verse number 30. The Bible says, And brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And now see so you have three different scriptures here that explain salvation and how you get saved in a different way. Now they can't all be true as far as us today, as far as it applying to us today, they can't all be true. Um because that would be impossible. The three different ways that these scriptures tell us and that I've shown you is Jesus said, if you want to be saved, if you want to enter into eternal life, keep the commandments. And then in Acts 2.38, you have to understand in that scripture, these Jews have finally come to the realization that they persecuted and slaughtered their own Messiah, which came for them. When they realized that, 
they came to that realization, they said, well, what would we do? <laughs> Sorry, well, what would, do we do? What in the world do we do? We've just slaughtered our Messiah. So that's when it said to them, repent and be baptized. Because that's what they had to do in order to be forgiven for them slaying their own Messiah. Now, I'm going to show you some other things about rightly dividing the word of truth. No, hold on, I didn't go through all of them. And then the third one that we just talked about was where he says, He brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? He says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Now that's what we believe today. We believe today, and if in this that scripture, it goes right along with Romans. If you know the Romans road, that's in the first podcast that I did, that's the road that I took. That's the road that I used, or the scriptures that I used in order to explain salvation. And so, you know, we believe, like I said today, that we're saved by grace and not of ourselves. We don't believe that we're saved by works. We don't believe we're saved by getting baptized. We believe that you know, in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 13, the Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so, you have to understand, anytime you're reading scripture, you need to think to yourself, or try to figure out, who is he, who's the, who's the writer? Who is the one talking? Okay? Who is he talking to? Okay? Because when you don't do that, and you just read scripture, and you try to apply every bit of it to yourself, you'll end up believing all sorts of things that are just not true. You'll end up applying all this stuff that does not apply to you, and then when things don't happen the way that you think they should happen in your life, well, then all of a sudden you start having doubts in your faith, in your belief, when the entire time you applied something to you that didn't even apply to you. That's how you got tripped up. Okay. So there are three. Well, I'll say not three, but two. Uh, two reasons I'm going to give you as to why Second uh, Timothy 2.15 is important to know. Uh, the first reason is that it shows you how to study your Bible. Um. Now it says, this is the, this is the, in the King James Version, this is what it says. It says, study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Alright, this is the version that says that. Now, in these other versions, this verse has changed. It's changed in the modern translations that we have today. I don't have the versions right in front of me, so you're going to have to look them up on your phone or whatever you have to do. But it doesn't say this in the NIV. It doesn't say it in the NASV. 
and it also doesn't say it in the message. And I'm probably going to do a study at some point as to why the King James Bible is the perfect Word of God, and that all these other versions that are out are just frauds. Um, but this teaches you how to study your Bible. It's important to know how to study your Bible. You know, if you can rightly divide Scripture, you can also wrongly divide Scripture. And it's important to know how to rightly divide it, because the Bible says that's how we study the Bible. Uh, the second reason is um, the same as the first, pretty much. Just it shows how to study your Bible, and uh, you know you study your Bible by rightly dividing. Um, like I said, this is the only verse that tells you how to study your Bible, and how, or it's the only verse that tells you to study your Bible, and it's also the only verse that tells you how to study your Bible. Um, let's see here. I have some notes here that I'm trying to read off of because, like I said, this is something that I just recently learned. Let's see, rightly dividing is God's method for studying God's Word. The only way to resolve contradictions in the Bible is by rightly dividing the Bible. I'm going to show you two different verses again as to why it's important to know how to rightly divide. Look in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 3, verse number 14. Bible says, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. I want you to notice what it says there. It says if. It says if. Sorry. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Now look with me in Colossians of Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 12. The Bible says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to partakers of the inheritance of the, of the saints, verse says one verse says we might be made uh, we'll be made partakers if we hold on to the confidence this verse says that we are made that he hath that it says which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light one says maybe or, I mean, sorry, one says if, and the other one says we are made. These are two contradictions that are only resolved by rightly dividing the word of truth to see which one we, today, which, ones are, which one is applied to us. Um, I guess I'm going to go ahead and wrap this first lesson up here. Um, I apologize if not everything was made clear.
but hopefully as we keep going through this it'll be made more and more clear as I keep going but this is just very important to understand and if I'm not teaching this clearly or going over it clearly I encourage you to get around someone that knows or someone that knows this information that knows how to teach it in a clearer way than I do because this is how you're going to study your Bible and know how to apply it and this is how you know you're going to resolve any contradictions that you find in God's word it's going to be by rightly dividing and you know I think one of the versions says uh, in that verse instead of saying rightly divine, dividing it says rightly um, correctly handling the word of truth and you know it doesn't that just it, it doesn't even really make sense you know it doesn't teach you how you're supposed to study God's word it doesn't teach you how you're supposed to go about God's word it just it doesn't make sense at all um but I hope that you feel encouraged I hope that uh, this has been good information for you I hope that uh, during this series it'll be a help as to how you study your Bible and how you can uh, grow in your walk with Christ. Again, that is the goal of this podcast, um, is to preach God's Word and to encourage people to uh, grow in their walk with Christ. Uh, Thank you.